welcome to a panoramic episode of the Play It As It Lies podcast. A beautiful, beautiful day in the summer and a beautiful week that's coming by as we see the deer run by and a beautiful summer sun as, as you all know, the Suns and the Bucks go at it for this year's edition of the NBA Finals. Best time of the year, Frank. Best basketball games the league ever has to offer. How excited are you? Extremely excited and even more excited this year um, than usual, which I think is kind of a contrarian take. A lot of people are saying that this year's finals is going to have an asterisk on it because of the different injuries that have come along the way in this postseason and the fact that uh, the Lakers and the Nets and other teams and superstar players like that are not going to be in the finals. But to me, this has been one of the more entertaining NBA playoffs that we've had in quite some time. And I can't wait for this year's finals. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that there's going to be a lot of good games, but I think there's no better place to start uh, as we break down in the outside, right? The, the Twitterverse surrounds it, that asterisk that you mentioned. Uh, you know, maybe not the most big-name final we've had, probably the best players being Giannis, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, no no world-changing LeBron James or Stephen Curry on the floor for the first time in a while, but... Uh, you know, obviously you have your own stake in the Suns, but how do you feel about this being the finals? How surprised are you, I guess, is the best place to start that this ended up being the finals? Well, I think it's surprising. Um, if you had said before the season that these two teams were going to be facing off in the finals, uh, you probably would have said uh, that you were crazy for thinking that. But with the way that the season unfolded and the postseason unfolded, I think it's become evidently clear that the Bucks and the Suns are, uh, as things currently stood in the postseason with injuries and everything, they became the two best teams uh, in the NBA. And to their credit, uh, they took advantage of the paths that were presented in front of them, and they did what they had to do to get to the NBA Finals. Was it unconventional? Uh, sure. But injuries are a part of the game. It's unfortunate. Obviously, you would like to see every matchup in the playoffs be with two teams at full strength, but that's just unrealistic. So sure, you can put an asterisk if you want on this year's finals, but I think once you start doing that, um, it's a slippery slope because you can start putting asterisks on every NBA championship for different reasons. So I would say it's best to just appreciate the two teams that got here, give them their credit where it's due, and enjoy the game, enjoy the matchup. I 100% agree. There's no reason to complain about the basketball we're being given if it's going to be good basketball, and for sure this series will be. Though, you're talking about giving credit to where it's credit's worth. If you said at the beginning of the season that the Suns and the Bucks were to match up, I think the crazier of the two takes uh, would have, of course, been the Suns. Uh, but yet somehow it seemed like they are, you know, easily the team that was less surprising of getting here since they came on such a worn path. Uh, losers of only, what, four, five games the entire playoff so far? Incredibly impressive run, uh, and Vegas is here rewarding them for the entirety of the series, Frank. I don't think this is very surprising, but minus 165, a uh, pretty fair number, honestly, uh, going to the Suns for when the entirety of the series, the Bucks handed a plus 145. Uh, I think a big part of that, you'd, I would imagine, has to be Giannis kind of still being questionable what his health status is. Do you think this is fair, and do you think that these odds would change any much at all if Giannis were to be a certainty to play all seven? I think it's fair, of course, like you said, given the Giannis injury. Um, if we, if there was more clarity and more assurance that Giannis were going to be ready for game one, 
that he were going to be at or close to 100% healthy, I think you'd be looking at the Suns probably still as a slight favorite, but I think that minus 165 would probably be closer to our minus 120 or maybe even a minus 110 because on paper, I do think this is a pretty even matchup. And, you know, if you are a believer that Giannis is going to come back, if not for game one, then for game two, and that he's going to be his usual self, then getting on that Bucks plus 145 money line, uh, it's not tremendous value, but I think plus 145 is a pretty healthy number. I'm sure you'd agree. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree. And in fact, I think if you are anywhere a believer that this could go to seven or even drastically to six and that that's based on Giannis maybe showing up earlier than expected, I think there's no reason to not take a flyer on that because realistically, uh, you know, losing the first few games if Giannis isn't there to the Suns is, is in the cards. And if he's not back immediately, yeah, uh, the minus 165 to the Suns is pretty fair and plus 145 doesn't present that much value. But if you know for a certainty... Or if you feel for certainty, I guess no one knows for certainty, that Giannis will play in Game 1, which I, I do believe that he will, uh, plus 145 is definitely better odds than you would be getting traditionally. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, we can get into our predictions later on, but say that Giannis doesn't play in Game 1 and somehow, some way, the Bucks go on the road and steal Game 1 and go up 1-0 in the series, uh, and then Giannis comes back for Game 2, uh, that plus 145 is probably... Uh, going to be a become a PK or even the Bucks become favored in the series in all likelihood. And then you'll be left wondering uh, why, didn't, why you didn't jump on the plus 145 uh, when Frank and Rotom told you to. Listen, you always should listen to what we say on this podcast. It's never wrong. As long as you don't listen to them again, it's only right the first time you listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have a 100% success rate uh, in all of our takes since this podcast began. And uh, feel f- anyone can feel free to fact check us on that because uh, we don't lie. Um, you know, we probably shouldn't go to predictions this early, but I think a fun place to start for the series is who is the player that you're most looking forward to watching? Because I think it, it's interesting that there could be in this series the player who might have been the best and then the player who wins finals MVP because you do have two players here. Uh, notably, finals MVP, finals MVP current favorite Chris Paul, currently at plus 150, and a guy more like Drew Holiday, who is uh, sixth at plus 2,200, who could be good odds for the MVP trophy, but I don't know if they're going to present the best basketball viewing like Giannis, Devin Booker might, or even a Kirsten Middleton could uh, develop all at plus 200, 275, and 800. So is there anyone specific you think is really going to be having a good series in the way that the matchup is set? Or do you think that maybe a more cerebral guy like Paul or Holiday might uh, might be the best uh, might be the best show on the road? Yeah, I mean the Finals MVP conversation for the series is incredibly interesting because I think really it's kind of wide open. It can go a number of ways. Usually in the finals, uh, you know, in past years, if it's the Warriors or if it's the Lakers, um, then KD, LeBron, or Curry were one of them were the prohibitive favorite. And that was probably the safe bet to put your money uh, in that direction. But this year, uh, the field is kind of wide open. And I preface, I preface that to say that in my eyes, I really only see one of four players winning finals MVP in this series. And it's the three players from the Suns, and it's only one player from Milwaukee. Of course, that one player from Milwaukee is Giannis. And 
I'm operating slightly under the assumption that he is going to be healthy and ready to go for at least game two. And if the Bucks win this series, I just don't see a scenario in which Giannis doesn't win finals MVP. And that's no slight towards Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday, but I think you can pretty much pack, you can pretty much nail it in that Giannis is going to have finals MVP esque numbers in this series. And if the Bucks win, then I, th- I think Giannis would get it. I think the narrative would be on his side as well. And for the Suns, Chris Paul is obviously the favorite, plus 150. Devin Booker is plus 275. I think either of those would be good bets, obviously. But even DeAndre Ayton at plus 1,800, I think is, is a sneaky sleeper to put a flyer on for finals MVP. Because what we saw in that Clipper series was Devin Booker wasn't his normal self. He kind of struggled. Chris Paul really only had one good game, which was the, which was game six. Albeit that was a tremendous performance, but he struggled prior to that. But it was Aiton who was actually probably the most consistent player on Phoenix. And I think if the Suns win this series, but Chris Paul and Devin Booker are back and forth with good games and subpar games, and it's Aiton who emerges as the Suns' most consistent player, and he's averaging 20 and 10 or something along those lines, then I could see him winning finals MVP. I could absolutely see him final, winning finals MVP. I, it's the guy I'm putting my money on uh, for sure because I think that both Devin Booker and Chris Pauls have had such phenomenal playoffs. And that's not to say DeAndre Ayton is not because I think, honestly, out of all three of them, he's had the most impressive run. But I think it would take a lot for one to set apart from the other because usually when one of them has a good game, they both kind of go together. And Devin Booker scoring any less than 40 points, I think, kind of it makes it hard i feel like devin booker's got to have a signature scoring night where he gets over 40 uh and does efficiently where he can really claim the throne whereas chris paul i think needs needs a lot of games with that turnovers his usual but he's done that all playoffs as is devin booker so i think there's going to be a bar to get there with between the two guards that might kind of make them fight against each other because it's hard to imagine that Booker will be able to get those 40-point numbers with Paul not having a good uh, assisting night with a nice, beautiful passes to get him out there. And while Aiton usually feeds off of both of them as well, I think that if Aiton does have whatever, how many ever, four to seven consistent games, whereas Booker maybe only scores 20 or like 16 one game and Chris Paul has a game with five turnovers, I think that's a lot more likely to happen and that Aiton at plus 1,800 Maybe even if he doesn't win, I think undoubtedly to me, if the Suns win, he will probably end up being number two there, uh, maybe losing out to one of the guards. But I think the fact that he could be that high at plus 1,800 absolutely deserves that flyer. Yeah, I think um, out of all the, hold on, I think out of all the players on this list in terms of odds, uh, the ones that are 1,000 or lower, really Aiden versus Drew Holiday, I think Aiden uh, is the best value play. And I don't think the Suns win this series unless Aiton is having a tremendous, a tremendous series like we've seen throughout the entire postseason. He's played at an extremely high level, and it's hard to see that not translating uh, into the finals. And the other thing I think he might have going for him is on the defensive end. I don't think that you're going to be able to point to Chris Paul and say, oh, he shut down Drew Holiday in the series or. Devin Booker, he shut down Chris Middleton in the series. But we don't know exactly what the defensive matchups are going to be. But if DeAndre Ayton is the primary defender on Giannis, 
and he does a good job, I think people are going to notice that. And that is something that might factor into uh, his finals MVP candidacy also. Well, let's say let's say that does happen, but somehow the combination of Drew Holiday and Chris Milton went over. You obviously both put our bets on DeAndre Ayton here. Do you think Drew Holiday is a worthwhile worthwhile flyer if you do believe in the Bucks? So you you say you say you think that they can only win if Giannis does, but let's say they do manage to sneak Game One away and they have this lead, and that's that's probably going to be one of the most memorable games if they do manage to do that without Giannis. Do you think Drew Holiday at plus two thousand two hundred is worth it, or maybe even Chris Middleton at plus eight hundred? Or is there really no way in your eyes that they can do this without Giannis being the number one guy? I mean, it's hard to say. In theory, uh, you would say that Drew Holiday at plus two at twenty two hundred or Middleton at plus eight hundred, like you said, uh, there's enough value there to take a flyer. And sure, you can make that argument. But again, I just it's hard for me to see a scenario in which Middleton or Drew Holiday are playing at a consistently high enough level to one up Giannis as the Finals MVP favorite if the Bucks win this series now. If Giannis isn't healthy and the Bucs still somehow win, say Giannis only plays a couple games in the series or a few games in the series, um, then sure, I mean, it would be Middleton or Drew who win finals MVP. No one else on the Bucs, other than those three, has a legit chance to win finals MVP, just like with the Suns. But I'm just not confident in what I've seen from Middleton and Drew throughout the playoffs uh, on a game-to-game basis that you know, they're going to have the level of consistency that you would need uh, to win finals MVP, in my eyes. I can agree with that. I mean, definitely Giroux, I think, has had the much more inconsistent series. I think Middleton, actually, I believe, has had so far a good playoffs, but uh, he, he has not been a model of consistency. I think the question for them is, and obviously I don't know if whoever this person would be would be in the finals MVP status. I think it would take a hell of a performance from them to do it but we have this kind of guarantee for the bucks uh and we, we've seen a lot of different variations of it this season of who is the fifth guy on this roster because Giannis middleton and, and Giroux are pretty big staples as their big three brooke lopez is pretty much the only five that can really work in a Giannis at the four system so you've got this quasi two three kind of guard system we've seen pj tucker out there for big uh for big play especially this series uh we've seen a lot of jake uh, we've seen a lot of um Bryn Forbes, uh, we've seen some of Pat Connington. If you were Coach Bud and you know this this Suns lineup of Paul Booker, Jay Bridges, and Hayden, who are you putting in at the four? And do you think they're influential enough to maybe even get in this MVP conversation? Well, I don't think whoever the fifth starter for the Bucks is is going to have uh, enough impact in the series to uh, be considered a Finals MVP candidate. But Ideally, Milwaukee would have still had Dante DiVincenzo in this scenario. If he were still healthy, I think he would actually be uh, a pretty crucial X factor in this series, given his shooting and athleticism at the two. But really, it's going to be either P.J. Tucker or Bryn Forbes, you would presume, are going to be the fifth starter in the lineup. And both of them are completely opposite players. I mean, they bring different skill sets to the table. Obviously, they play different positions. But I feel like in this series... Maybe Bryn Forbes like, gives you more of what you would need, given his outside shooting and his defensive his defensive ability uh, at the guard spot. I just don't know how P.J. Tucker factors into this series. I mean, obviously his role on offense is as a corner as a, is as a corner specialist, 
and he brings tenacity on the defensive end, which I guess is helpful against the likes of of Jake Crowder or Mikel Bridges in a physical matchup. But I would probably lean more towards Bryn Forbes. But really, if I'm Coach Bud, it's going to be on a game-to-game basis, and whichever player uh, is performing at a higher level in his match and is more suited to the matchups on the floor, uh, that's probably the fifth starter that I would put in. A very, uh, a very wise way of getting away with not answering that, of putting the best guy on the floor. Oh, yeah, it absolutely. is a tough question. It's a word salad. Hey, this is what, this is why I'm not a coach, Bruno. This is why. Apparently not, but I do think you're making the right choice there. If you do get this opportunity for Brent Forbes, I think it's been great. Obviously, PJ Tucker has been huge for the last few series, but I just, I just can't imagine that PJ Tucker is the right move there, because. You need that guard X factor, and absolutely Dante DiVincenzo would have been great here. You know who else would have been great here? Malcolm Brogdon. But I guess that's uh, uh, if they had done that way. But yeah, I mean, we, we've talked enough with, with the personnel. Uh, well, Rodo, I mean, before you move on, uh, someone we actually didn't mention, someone I know you like, uh, is Bobby Portis. Any thoughts on him? Could could he be a starter in this series, or do you think, or could he be some sort of X factor off the bench? Well, his value off the bench, I think, it's hard to compare for a lot of other guys. In fact, uh, him and I think Jay Crowder form a very similar role. Obviously, Crowder does it while starting because of his immense defense. But when Bobby Portis and Jay Crowder actually score 11 points, either one of them, Milwaukee and Phoenix have a 13-1 and record. Uh, and they win on average those games at 17.2. So Portis and Crowder are genuinely the X-Factors to watch. And if that's the case... Maybe playing Bobby against Jay and then getting Giannis uh, more up in the face of one of the guards is the better way, but you got to have a lot of faith in Giannis there. Uh, but you know I have a lot of faith in Bobby. Uh, they call him Big Shot Bobby for a reason. Yeah, I don't know who calls him that other than you, but, uh, but I'll let that one slide. And also, on the Jay Crowder point, a fun fact, if you haven't seen this, Jay Crowder has six games worth of finals experience under his belt. No other player in the series has won NBA Finals game uh, on their resume in their entire career. So I'm not saying Jay Crowder is a secret weapon, but this is back-to-back years. He's been to the finals, and uh, I'm on the Boss Man 99 train. Well, actually, one guy was in the finals, uh, and he happens to be on Jay Crowder's sideline. Monty Williams, he played for the Spurs in 98. So he does have a little bit of experience. Also, he, I think, was on the thunder when they went to the championship not sure about that one but after we leave all the personnel let's talk about two guys before we get to the final predictions of our series monty williams versus mike budenholzer i don't know if this is a traditional battle of coaches especially in the nba final uh with monty only being a head coach for a few years now for the suns uh and budenholzer has been here for about six or seven years uh coaching advantage i know it's hard to hard to decide but do you think williams with the momentum has it or do you think it's uh budenholzer in his tenure that might give him the advantage here yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I don't think either of these coaches are the traditional X's and O's maestros that uh, you might see out of some of the other coaches in the leagues. But between the two of them, uh, you know I'm rocking with Coach Mont all day. I think that uh, Monty Williams, the job that he's done uh, this season uh, has been tremendous. And that's not to take anything away from uh, Coach Budenholzer, but I know Monty Williams has never been a head coach uh on this stage before, neither as Budenholzer, but I think Budenholzer has more playoff experience as a head coach, probably a more winning head coach, but I would give the edge to Monty Williams. I mean, I think what we've seen throughout this year, uh, this Suns team 
has just gelled and it's a cohesive group. And I think that Monty deserves all the credit in the world uh, for what he's been able to do uh, with this collection of players. And in terms of point guard and head coach duo uh, combination, which we know is obviously important, I think Chris Paul and Monty Williams versus Drew Holiday uh, and Mike Budenholzer, that, that's a pretty clear advantage on the side of Phoenix, I think. I would absolutely agree with the side of Phoenix. So, you know, we've survived this beginning. We can surmise the beginning of this conversation with they have the coaching advantage. They have the better players uh, coming off for the potential finals of MVP. They have the better X factor in Jay Crowder. Uh, they have a better injury situation with the guarantee of both of their stars to play. Frank, it's sounding a whole lot like the Suns are about to win this series. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we've kind of been beating around the bush. I think we've. <laughs> We, we've kind of dropped subtle hints and, and given every reason why the Suns uh, should be favored in the series, are favored in the series. Uh, you know, it, it's just a question. Uh, do we think they're going to win this series in, in Rotom? Do you? Uh, absolutely. I think the Suns are going to win the series. And I think it's going to be a great... Like, I don't, I don't want to talk bad about the Bucks because they're a phenomenal team. And I think every single game in the series will be good. I think a perfect example of it is... During the regular season, they actually played twice. Both times the Sun grabbed victories. Both times were by one point. First, 125 to 124 back in February, and an overtime classic, 128-127 in Milwaukee uh, in April, right before the playoffs started, on their on their way to the second seed in the West. And I think both of those games are incredibly, uh, incredibly good ways to show the Bucks throughout their entire time with Giannis have liked that fighting edge. And I think these are going to be such good games. But I think at the end of the day. When it is a tight game, when it's a finals type game, I can only see the Suns winning those close ones. So unless Giannis, who has had great games, you know, they really walloped the Hawks in a few of those games. And even in the Nets, they had a few games where they really took care of business. If they can have those kind of games, I think the Bucks definitely could have a chance in the series. But if it's a close, if it's a five-point game with three minutes to go, if the Bucks walk away with that kind of win, I'd be amazed. Both teams are good at home. Uh, the Bucks have only lost one in Milwaukee during the playoffs. The Suns have lost two in Phoenix. Uh, and I think that's going to be a big factor. And the Suns, again, have the home field advantage, another huge advantage for them. I say the Bucks and Giannis have won finals-esque. We'll remember this being great kind of game. Maybe they sneak another. But Suns in six at plus 400 is the way I'm going. I'm... Not too tempted to go at plus 350 Suns uh, Suns and 5. A little 4-1 upset. But hey, uh, you know, either way, I think the Suns are pretty much a certainty. Minus 165, not the greatest odds. But hey, uh, a little parlay maybe. Plus 400 for uh, Suns and 6. Mm. And uh, DeAndre Ayton plus 1,800. Maybe a Chris Paul plus 1,450. A lot of good odds to be taken on a pretty good bet. How are you feeling about your Suns? I know you're excited to go 4-0 here. Well, you know I am, but... I'm not confident enough to say that the Suns would sweep the Bucks. I, I think the Bucks are too good to get this far and and lay down that easy. And I also don't think, uh, as much as I love this Suns team, I don't think uh, they're equipped to sweep uh, this Bucks team. But I do think that the Suns in six prediction at plus four hundred, the one that you made, uh, that holds a lot of water. Uh, I think that's probably the most likely uh, outcome of this series, and. If you're the Bucks, it's a little disappointing, I think, because, or a little disheartening, I should say, because on paper, you do have some personnel uh, advantages, maybe, in this series and matchups that could work to your favor. The thing that I can't get past, though, 
is I just think between these two teams, the Suns never beat themselves. And the Bucks sometimes I feel like let games slip away and they just they go long stretches without score without scoring and struggling offensively. Uh, they have sloppy turnovers. Uh, there's missed assignments on defense. And you can't have that on a game to game basis in the NBA finals, whereas with Phoenix, you know, Chris Paul is not going to turn the ball over. You know, Devin Booker is going to get good shots. Uh, you know, Monty Williams is going to draw good plays and put players in positions to succeed. And for that reason, Phoenix is just the easier team to trust. And when it comes to betting, when it comes to a betting perspective, uh, the team you trust more is the team that you want to bet on. And that's the team that you want to predict to win. So I'm on board with you. Uh, Suns and six at plus 400. I think the Suns win. I think. The first two games are split. The next two games are split. And the Suns win the last two games of the series, one away, one at home, and bring home the championship. And, Rodham, I want to ask you, before we get off this topic, we've talked about in the past the whole team of destiny narrative. And I know it's cliche, and I know sometimes it can be premature, but doesn't the Suns team to you kind of feel like the epitome of a team of destiny? And sometimes it always doesn't result in a championship, but it kind of feels like that's where this is headed. It does. And I think a lot of it weighs in the shoulders of Chris Paul of it being yes, last year was his, you know, kind of Phoenix rising out of the ashes. He He's finally done with the Rockets. He showed he can be, you know, just absolutely dominant on a team. Uh, and here he is, you know, finally getting in the first position in his career where he can really make that finals run. And he's finally done it. And for me, I don't know if it's a team of destiny, but it's just a bunch of guys that have just worked so hard together in that pursuit of the ring that it's kind of like, it's kind of hard to separate those things. But I think to me, it's the Sunday of Chris Paul, one of the hardest working guys in the NBA, always talking, always, you know, into it, always playing well, getting his ring finally, hopefully. And then the whipped cream of all is the Monty Williams, it's the Miles Bridges, it, it's the Cameron Payne, it's the Cameron Johnson, and it's it's this phenomenal team coming together. Uh, it, it's almost like a movie, you know. You talk mm-hmm. about team of destiny. This this team could be a thirty for thirty in years because every single player feels like they've played their part to to the perf- to perfection over the last uh, like month and a half, uh, and if, month and a half, I guess the last full NBA season they've been playing perfect. Uh, and it feels like just because they kind of came out of nowhere, they've never been in the playoffs before. DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker have literally are about to go one for one in the playoffs of going to the championship. Uh, and that is, you know, if anything, definitely the definition of a team of destiny. Yeah, I think those are all good points. And that's well said. And, you know, we began this episode by kind of agreeing that we don't like the whole narrative that this championship will have an asterisk on it or as people on Twitter say, a Mickey Mouse championship or Mickey Mouse ring. But, I mean, you do have to point out that pretty much everything in this postseason has broken right for the Suns. And that being in the first round, (laughs) Anthony Davis got hurt. They played a shorthanded Lakers team in the second round. uh, They got a Nuggets team without Jamal Murray, without Will Barton, with a banged up Michael Porter. And then, of course, in the conference finals, they caught the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. So really, it seems like the basketball gods uh, wanted Chris Paul and Monty Williams and this Suns group to get to the NBA finals. 
And it's hard for me to see them getting this far uh, and not coming out with a victory. And again, no disrespect to the Bucks, but sometimes superstition uh, turns into reality. And I have a hunch that that's going to happen with this series and the Suns are going to emerge uh, victorious. Yeah, and I think those, you know, we talked about it a little bit. You just mentioned it. It's a great, it's, it's, it just doesn't make sense to tear them down or like to take away anything from what they've done because it's hard. It, if it were so easy, everyone would have done it. You know, the, the Nets would have had a championship right now if they really could do it. But no one can control these injuries. And the fact that the Suns still put away all these teams, you know, it, it's it's great to say they didn't have Jamal Murray, but they still had the league MVP who was putting up phenomenal numbers and they shut his ass down to 4-0. and and, and, you know, even, even to that, look back to the 1996 finals, probably one of the greatest basketball teams of all time, the Bulls. No one remembers that Frank Burkowski was suspended for three games. Sean Kemp was out for two games. Gary Payton didn't play game one. People don't remember this in, in years. When people remember the Suns team, they will not remember the injuries. They'll remember how good of a team this was, how talented Chris Paul was, the phenomenal performance by DeAndre Aiden. Mickey Mouse ring, it, it just won't matter. Yeah, and it goes the same way. If the Bucks were to manage to win, no one's going to remember that uh, the Nets didn't have Kyrie Irving. The Nets didn't have Kyrie Irving and James Harden for the whole series, or they played the Hawks without Trey Young for the final two games. And I like that point you brought up about the 1996 finals. And I would say even more recently, I mean, in 2019, obviously the Raptors won the championship and they played the Warriors without with an injured Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson. And that was only two years ago, and really no one even talks about that. I mean, the Raptors won the championship that year, and that's what happened. That's what people remember from the 2019 season. And last year, the Lakers beat the Heat in the bubble finals, but no one talks about how Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo, the Heat's second and third best players in that series, uh, weren't healthy. People don't remember the injuries along the way. Uh, they only do that in the moment. And like you said, years down the line, whoever wins this series, uh, no one's going to point out the fact that there was injuries uh, during the postseason. The whole Mickey Mouse thing is just a Twitter narrative made up by a bunch of teenagers. Uh, and I think it's ridiculous. It absolutely is ridiculous. Uh, and I'm glad we're putting it to bed here uh, that we don't support it. But Frank, I got one more question for you about the finals. Uh, we've obviously just put our things in. We've got our MVP chance. We, so far on this year of the podcast, have gone and talked about, I think, three finals. We've gotten one pretty much right, which is the college football final, thanks to Alabama being the monstrosity of perfection that it always is. Uh, but we've been 100% wrong on the other two, uh, being the college basketball final, as we both really believed in Gonzaga, and more importantly, the uh, NFL Super Bowl, uh, where we both very heartedly were confused as to why the Buccaneers were even questioned to be uh, uh, the winners in that game. And lo and behold, we were entirely wrong on both. Are you concerned at all that this is uh, going to follow a trend that maybe the Bucks are about to show up uh, big time? Well, you know, Rotom, that wasn't even something uh, that was on my radar, to be quite honest, until you just brought it up. A uh, little bit concerned in the back of my head that maybe we're cursing the Suns here. Um, but I, I'm still confident that uh, whatever curse may exist uh, won't rear its head uh, in this NBA Finals. And I think we'll. We'll get back on track with with our success percentage. We'll get back to five hundred. We're going two and two. I guess the only breaker of that is we'll have to do a baseball episode. But um, 
I don't know if that's happening. Or a little soccer? Maybe the Euros? Maybe. We'll have to talk about it. I've been saying, listen, if anyone was listening to that podcast last time when I was telling you to bet on Italy back when it was plus 1,600, look at it now. They're the favorites. Minus 112 right now to put on Italy. So uh, Forza Azuri, I hope they beat Spain. Uh, Win me a whole lot of money. Listen, if you had listened to Rotom and bet on Italy, uh, you might end up being a rich man. And if you believed in the Suns team before the season began at plus 4,000 to win the NBA championship, uh, you'd be even a richer man. And it just goes to show that uh, if you can foresee the future, like some of us can when it comes to sports betting, uh, it pays out down the line. It's absolutely true. You can profit big time, Frank. But that's going to be it for our finals. So I, I'd like to let's, let's surmise our, our predictions and maybe throw in one little more there. So, Frank, real quick, can you give me your series prediction, your finals MVP prediction? And since we do know what the lines are for game one, uh, it's five and a half suns away. What's your prediction for uh, those three? Wait, what did you just say? What was the last thing you said? Yeah, the series, so like, you know, suns and six, your finals MVP, right. and then the game one is five and a half to the suns. Oh, okay. <clears throat> uh, hold on, hold on. Well, Rotom, I'm going with the Suns in six games, just like the Western Conference Finals. Uh, it's not the Suns in four. It's not the fighting words that we all love. But at plus 400, uh, still a good bang for your buck if it happens, which I think it will. Finals MVP kind of beat around the bush on this one. Uh, we talked about how we like DeAndre Ayton as the value play at plus 1,800. But I'm still going to go with Chris Paul at plus 150. I just think it's the most likely outcome because – I expect him to play at a high level for the duration of the series. And I think the narrative is going to be on his side more than any other player uh, in this series. And as far as game one is concerned, I think the Suns win game one. Although I do think the Bucks, even without Giannis, could cover that plus 5.5. I think it could be a close game uh, with the Suns pulling out a victory either way, going up 1-0 in the series in roots to a 4-2 victory and NBA championship. Well, those are awfully good predictions. You can make a lot of money for them. For me, though, I'm going to have to stick with that Suns 4-2, Suns in 6, plus 400. Finals MVP, I'm sticking with DeAndre. Something about him, I feel like he's about to have a good uh, good series. I think there's a lot of vote splitting that's going to be between Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I think it's safe to maybe go Chris Paul. But uh, I would lean with Booker and Aiton, but more specifically, I'm going to go with Aiton here. Uh, and for Game 1, uh, Suns have kicked ass in Game 1 against all three of their opponents, winning the Lakers by 9, uh, the Nuggets by 17, and the Clippers by 6, all above 5.5. Uh, so I'm going to stick with the Suns on both. If, if there is one game, I think I would go Bucks money line. by the way. It's going to be Game 3. Mm. Uh, the Lakers beat the Suns in Game 3. The Nuggets got as close as they ever did with a 6-point game in Game 3. And the Clippers also beat the Suns uh, in L.A. Uh, by 14 points in Game 3. So if you're looking for the game to maybe get the Bucks back on track, it's Game 3 in Milwaukee. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point. And even against the Nets, uh, in the second round of the playoffs, we saw uh, the Bucks go down 2-0 and then win that pivotal Game 3. Uh, back in Milwaukee. So they kind of thrive uh, when the deer, when the herd of deer make their way back up north. Yeah, the herd park up in the Cream City, Milwaukee. But uh, to the Cream City, we'll hope to enjoy quite a few games. Uh, I'm very excited, Frank, to watch a few of these finals games uh, with you. It should be an enjoyable time. 
Should be a great time. If you're looking for more information about the finals, then make sure to check us out on play at play it pod, both on Twitter and on Instagram. You can check me out at Rodem Kaufman and Frank, where can listeners find more of your Drake Crowder love? Uh, you can find that and all you can find that and more on Twitter at Frank JP zero. And we will be back with more content soon. Yes. Very soon. <laughs>